was waiting for you. Hey, what's wrong? Oh, it's nothing. It's just a readjustment. Your eyes. Hey, what's wrong? Oh, it's nothing. It's just a readjustment. Your eyes. Welcome to the Road to Damnation podcast. So this is just a um, the intro for for this episode. We just wanted to basically say that um, cunt fucker, yeah, cunt yeah. We basically just wanted to say like this is not your standard episode. We're not putting a lot of effort into editing. It's just two dudes sitting in a room with a microphone. Um, no, call it its correct name. Oh, the sex dungeon. Yeah, yeah. sex dungeon. Yeah. It could also be the rape dungeon too, because there is enough things that are law, enough people down there. Yeah. Come to my dungeon. It's some fun. Did I call it dungeon? I meant room. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, all the other people down here. There's candy in the wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's in the form of white powder. But um, you know, this is just—it's casual. We're not doing a whole lot of fancy shit here. It's just, you know, yesterday we had a um, awesome game day, so we sat and we just finished recording. Um. And just kind of a disclaimer, this isn't the normal format. Um, Craig couldn't make it, so it's just me and Lewis. Craig Bot. Craig Bot couldn't make it, so it's just me and Lewis. Um, and then, we, you know, we talked about the heresy game that we played with two other friends. Um, then we talked about some, you know, some events that are coming up. Then we talked about some Titanicus. Then we bullshit about just random shit for a while, and then talked about heresy again. Because, you know, whatever. It took, it took a full fucking swing. Yeah, um, yeah the, the episode's actually going to be called Playing with a Noob, as uh, JP called himself a noob. Yeah, uh, and I, you know, I'd like to go back. We recorded the whole game, but so I'd like to go back and get some footage and try and piece something together, but I don't know if that's even really going to happen. So, you know, enjoy the episode, and uh, feel free to give us some feedback. And remember, it's not the normal format. Um... We're just, you know, bullshitting, so... Remember, uh, if you have something that you want fucking three random people to fucking talk about in the heresy world, send us an email at njfuddykgroup.com. Yeah, fuckers. Everyone and uh, welcome to the Roads to Damnation with me, uh, Lewis, and I'm here in the Sex Dungeon with Chris, aka his gaming basement. <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna tell my wife that's the new name. <laughs> the Sex Dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this is kind of like a, a mini episode, or like it's not. It's we're straying away from the normal uh, content right now. We basically just had an awesome game day yesterday, and we wanted to just talk about it. Yeah, so uh, we, we um, pretty interesting night. So first of all, we had a thousand five hundred point two v two battle. We had um, JP come over and uh, a friend of ours, Tyler, for a battle. We did try recording the whole event, um, but it's safe to say it was a it was a fucking shit show. 
<laughs> yeah, it's basically three hours of like four dudes that don't really know the rules well because we're all casual players. And I, what I mean by that is like I, I'm lucky if I play once a month, really. Um, I don't know how often you play, but I try and play like every week um, at the local game store, um, but. But it's generally not of the 30k variety, as uh, the the playing scene is pretty small, and uh, people that actually do play it in New Jersey are we're all fucking adults and have to do our regular job. So mm -hmm. it's normally like smaller games like BattleTech and uh, games like that. Yeah, and we were pretty unfamiliar with some of the the units. Um, we had a a new player, my buddy JP, who. I would basically, anytime I play a heresy game, I'll send him pictures, and then he got hard for heresy because of that, bought a calc box, and, um, and then I'm trying to get him to go to the event, but in, in preparation for this game day, he actually, he's never painted anything, and I was like, alright man, like, bring him over, I'll do Xenophon highlighting, and I'll paint your Sons of Horus, like, a base coat for you, and he's like, fuck that, I want to do it on my own, so it was cool, because he, like, researched... Like, you know. First, I want to say that fucking green is like, it's spot on for uh, Sons of Hearts. Yeah. Dude, he, he must have, like, uh, looked at YouTube for painting schemes and ideas, and dude, mm -hmm. he, he nailed it for a first time try on painting miniatures. Yeah, never painted anything ever before, and, like, the coat's, like, perfect. So, I was really impressed and happy about that. And then, um,. That was his first game ever, and it's crazy. You can get 1,500 solid points out of a calc box. Like, I'm really, you know, it's all bet units, but still, it's, like, pretty pretty impressive. So so what you're saying is basically you can buy a fucking calc box with plastic miniatures and have a solid 1,500-point game. Yeah, and the fact is you can get that shit, I know, on Amazon for, like, 130 bucks shipped. So at least that's what it was for a while, so... It's pretty, pretty cool. You get a really good starter army for pretty cheap. Gonna put it out there. We are not endorsing the, no. the Games Workshop product, but we're saying for someone who's trying to get into the hobby, it's a fucking good way to start an army and just to buy a cow box. I mean, you get first Eden Marines in there, five Cataphraki, a Chaplain, a, a Praetor. I mean, we got, oh, and a Contemptor. Like, it's not a bad fucking... You know, it was cool. And he held his own pretty well. Um, it, was, it was funny during the game, like he basically spent like most of the game trying to get your fucking what are they, fire drakes out of a building, and like he saw me with my breacher. Oh no, it was my terminators. I blew up a building in the middle of the table. They just opened everything up to line of sight, and then he's like, "I'm gonna do that." <laughs> <laughs> So they charged, what was it, with two units to blow the building up? Yeah, two units uh, with melter bombs, and they fucking just took the building out. The only problem we had, really, is the fact that uh, my fire drinks have fucking two wounds apiece, two up, three up, and you throw in a Primus Medicaid, it's like five up, too. So, you know, fucking tough unit to destroy. And we also, um, my friend Tyler came along, and he hasn't touched anything wargaming in, like, what, I think he said eight months because of school and shit? Well, we can put it into the same bracket. Like, this dude, he he uh, is not a lover of the new 8th edition rule set. And so, like, he, he kind of, like, you know, focused on school and hadn't really played. But, like, he was saying last night, playing with us, like, fucking going back, card for heresy, and wanted to buy more units, which is pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah, he actually, he just, he bought some. 
So he just bought some stuff, so I'm pretty excited. He wants to get his stuff painted up, and um, so it was just cool. You know, it was like a lot of fun, um, and you know, it was a really friendly game. We didn't do fully painted requirement because obviously, you know, um, my friend JP it's his first time playing, and Tyler hasn't touched the hobby in eight months, but. Um, all right. They both seem pretty excited, so... I think if we put it down to this, like, we should, uh... First of all, we should talk about, like, um... So we set it up as a basic game, where it was just Dawn of War style. Mm -hmm. Um, we had four objective points, capture and hold, and then your basic Slay the Warlords, first kill, and attrition for victory points. So it was a pretty basic game, just so... When we were playing with JP, he didn't like have to think too much. Like, we didn't want to like throw in like those weird objectives and you know, or like getting to other ends. We just wanted to keep it fairly simple. Two v two, we thought was the better way of playing the game, but I think looking back on it, we should probably have done like smaller point games, like one on one, to help understand it a little bit more. Yeah, it's what I wanted to do originally, but then I, I was like. Yeah, it was kind of a tough call because I was thinking like a really small zone where Talus point game would have been great for him to learn on, but then I think there was also a counterbalance where having him play with three other people that knew the rules a lot better, even though we had to look certain things up a lot, I felt like a noob myself, but that's, um, you know, he got to, to like witness our decision making and stuff like that. Maybe I could pull up like some sections of the audio, because we recorded the whole game session, but... I just didn't want to post up, you know. Basically, what I'm getting at is he gave like his impressions and shit. Yeah. And I think I think that that input was really is really valuable. So maybe yeah, play. maybe we put like uh, like his and because we asked both of them, you know, you know, what was your impressions, and they both kind of told us like, you know, I think if I remember speaking to Tyler, so I had a um, quad mortar that fucking just demolished any troops on the boards with its prospect shells. So, that was, you know, for me, like, I, I have them, but I don't really play with them that much, but it's making me think maybe I should include them a bit more. Is that the first time you've ever played with them? Or, like, around me? Yeah. I think they're a really powerful unit. I think that that kind of unit, there should always be, like, a limit on how many. Um, because they're, like, yeah. they're the kind of unit that, like, you would have to, you know, well, if you have, like, the intelligence level of me, you have to focus a lot to fucking get rid of them without just, like, only focusing on them. You know what I mean? I have no fucking comprehension of how to, like, truly kill them unless I had some kind of, like, just really strong and, like, long-distance firepower. Or, like, a drop pot of fucking dudes that could just assault him. But since they're always in, like, some kind of, like, cover, they're, like, a, it's a really effective unit, man. But for you, I think if you were talking, like, through your right of war that you run, you would actually get, like, because it's a template weapon, you would get. Oh, yeah, rerolls. Rerolls. So it, it's probably less effective against the Imperial Fist if you run that right of war. But, I mean, it, for killing just basic infantry, it's like, dead. <laughs> That's eight gone. Like, it was tough for them. You know, it was pretty mean off the bat. That was the first unit I target. Kills everyone but two. So it's like... Wait, what unit did you target with it? His uh, tactical squad. Yeah. And it killed everyone but two of them. JPs or... Uh, no, um, 
Silas. You know, I've, you know, having never really played Night Rules before, I wasn't entirely sure what to expect. And I know from reading their rules that they're pretty good in close combat. Um, but it's like one of those armies that, you know, if you, if you don't get them into close combat, are they effective? And I don't think, uh, you know, also the character he was running to give him rerolls, I think it was. I don't know if it's, like, if his rules really work. Like, he might be one of those characters well, also, which is, like, need some improvements on. Well, his character, he, um, he was running Sevatar. Yeah. And it was a Centurion game, but we allowed it because, like, it was a friendly game and we don't fucking give a shit. You know, but I don't even remember what the fucking rules did for that guy. But one thing that stood out to me with the game is that, you know, I've been told that Stone Gauntlet's, like, kind of, like, too hard for people, but, like, at the, by the end of the game, I only had, no, I lost my entire Terminator unit, and my other, so I basically only had three units plus a Contemptor, and then by the end of the game, I only had, oh yeah, my, my whole, all my jet bikes were killed, too, so I only had two units left, and one of which was fleeing, so... I, I think that they handled themselves pretty well. If it wasn't for objectives, I think they, it would have been either a tie, or do you think they would have won? Uh, they probably wouldn't. So if you were talking about units that they had left, they definitely had uh, more than us in nutrition. Um, I was left with my fire drakes and the uh, quad mortar, which was about to be like torn up <laughs> by the contempt that was pretty close to them. But like, yeah, man. I, I, I mean, fire drakes are just tough. Like. They could have literally just shot all oh, everything they had left at them, and like try to whittle them down that way. Because in order for, it was like ended on turn five, so they had one more turn. I was not gonna make it anywhere close to the objective, which is pretty crazy to think about. But you know, it was it. You know, in terms of troops and losses and wins, like it was actually a very close game if you looked at it. Victory point wise, you know, we kind of got lucky because you know. We had two more objective points, but other than that, it would have been like a very, very close game. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I really like the Dawn of War setup. I don't know, I've never, like, I'm not like one of those really experienced, uh, like, uh, players that's played a whole lot of scenarios, you know? So it's like, for me, my favorite's always, like, Dawn of War hasn't gotten tiring for me, because it's just like classic Warhammer for me. It's just like, I don't know, fun. But, uh, and I think that's perfect for, like, a beginner game, so. Yeah, I mean, Dawn of War, like, I like the other ones, but, like, in certain mission scenarios, I don't always love them. Like, um, because it just, it gives a variant to the game. But, like, there's, most of them are actually pretty much a variant of the Dawn of War. There's, like, Hammer and Anvil, which is pretty much a Dawn of War, but with a slightly longer section in the middle that you can set up in. And, um... You've got uh, the one that runs diagonal instead of straight across. So it gives you a deeper pocket in some areas, but like. So, like, I guess if I was playing with the quad mortar more often, that would be better because I could sit them further back. So you take a while for you to get to them so they can do a bit more damage. Like you don't want your quad mortars being like pretty close to your enemy because they will go down very quickly. Oh, yeah, like if I was playing against one with quad mortars, knowing what I know now, I think what I would probably just do is. Um, in a game where there's transport, transports, put my breachers in a transport, just, like, 
march across the board as quickly as possible. Like a Spartan or any any vehicle can move 18 inches as long as you don't fire anything. So get that shit across the board as quickly as possible, and then just assault the building that they're sitting in. What happens if they're in the open? Uh, just fucking <laughs> go crazy. Be like, yeah. oh, fuck you, hog wild. So we had that going on, which was pretty, you know, turn one, you know, obviously we were, we were taking the time to kind of explain to JP and like, we, we'll definitely edit some of the bits that he was saying because it was, it was actually a pretty interesting from a perspective of someone that's not really played a, a tabletop game before. Uh, Just looking at a photo of the initial setup. I didn't take many pictures, I wish it did, but the initial setup was JP was kind of spread out across the whole board. They... It's like him and Tyler's armies were pretty much mixed, right? Yeah, they were, whereas we had set up, like, one side was Salamanders, one side was... Uh, we are almost, a, you and I almost did, like, two quadrants. Almost. Yeah, so if you, if you would split the field up into quadrants of four, me and the Loyalists, we set up in one quadrant, and then the Salamanders were in the other, and then for them, they kind of mixed and matched with both of them. And then there was, like, a 12-inch by 12-inch... Um, I think a two, two-story tall building in the center of the board that had, um, it was, I think two of the walls were mostly solid, like with no windows, which made it pretty much line, line of sight blocking. And very, like, I guess it was turn one, I charged it and blew it up. Yeah, it was, and it, then, was it was pretty close, and so, like, I think that definitely helped speed up the game, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, it was 3,000 points aside with one noob and someone else that hadn't played in, like, for the better part of a year, and we finished the whole game in three hours. Which, it's, not, it's not bad. Considering, like, a, a game with that many, that, that kind of point value, when I first started playing, it took me fucking six hours. So, so just looking everything up, but it was cool, because when that building went down, the entire fucking table was just, like, Warhammer Fantasy, just open everything. <laughs> Um, and then, I mean, I don't even know what the fuck happened after that. They pretty, then everyone pretty much just met in the, in the center of the table, right? The majority, so like, um, you know, didn't have my fire drakes inside a vehicle like I would like to, you know, because they are fucking very slow. So I was running them to an objective on the edge of the table, which was in a building. JP decided that might be the best way to go about tackling it, collapse the building on him, hopefully get a couple of them like dead. Um, and it killed one. Uh, just unfortunate the way I run fire drakes and going into OP, OP units. This is definitely one of those OP unit moments where the fire drakes are two wounds apiece. They have two up, three up. They're like pretty fucking beastie in close combat with their thunder hammers. So it's like, well, as soon as they got out of the building and they survived, they just charged the two veteran units and basically made them, like, nothing. <laughs> like, they didn't really have to try. How many Dreadnoughts did Tyler have? One. Oh, so they just had one Dreadnought? Yeah, we have three Dreadnoughts. We had three? I had one and you had two? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean... If you're talking about, like, I, for me, I, when I run a contender, I don't know about you. I feel like they're a fucking waste of money. Really? I've never got, like, the most point value for them. Like, they either just seem to get shot at or 
Maybe it's the way I'm using them. Well, my Mortis Dreadnought mowed down a lot of infantry. Yeah, with its uh, twin carrots and soul cannons. Yeah, I honestly think that's the best Contemptor. And, and after that, I think a Cortis Contemptor is probably um, really good after that. Because a, a Cortis Contemptor, you could... Um, I, th I forget the exact rules all of them. I'm not going to go and look in the book as whatever. But I know that like, with a Cortis, uh, you sacrifice certain things with one of them um, in exchange for, um, like, you can, at every turn you either choose, like, distance or initiative or maybe, uh, who knows, maybe the other one's attacks, but, like, you could uh, charge, like, a, a knight, for instance, and I think get one-up initiative, and then with the right kind of, you know, loadout, you could probably pop a knight, I would imagine, statistically, probably. I think it's possible, especially if you hit first, you know? But if you get initiative, you charge into a unit, like, of, let's say Fire Drakes, you might be able to take one or two out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, with the Cortis, but getting back to this game, like, for me, I think, I feel like my Mortis really, even though it got exploded, blew it up, um, I feel like it did really well. Like, I feel like it, it killed at least a unit or so, like, do I even know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, it did. It definitely, um, you know, because, you know, with the Karas and Soul Cannons, it's rending on six. So, that's the great part about it as Chris looks over the battle. Yeah, I, probably just one yeah I, don't, I really wish I took more pictures. I, you know, I didn't realize that the, we'd have three hours of just audio that was, I think it's not as bad as I'm imagining. Uh, it could be. could be pretty terrible. Like, see if I took any pictures of this epic, long, uh, fight that we had. Uh, oh, I got a couple. I took a couple. Uh, so I got the setup, before game. Uh, yeah, I got some before the building was trash, after the building was trash. How many attempts did it take? Did it, did it take two vet units at attempting to blow the building up? Yeah, well, for you it was uh, just your terminators, but it yeah. didn't take his second, because the building technically didn't crumble, it was impeded on the first try. Um, but that's a great shot right there. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so... But also, it's important to point out that, like, if, I don't know what's wrong with me, but so I multi-bomb all of my breachers because that's the only way to go. And um, they were up against the Contemptor, and I forgot that the Melted Bombs have Armor Bane. Armor Bane. So for, like, several turns, I'm just jerking this thing off, getting nowhere. <laughs> it's like you're whacked oh, the okay, ready to go for yeah. it. And it's they're so far, I said, like, why is that Dreadnought not dead? And you're like, you know, Melted Bombs. I'm like, why are you running 2d6? You're like, no, it's 1d6. I'm like, no, fucking Armor Bane, yeah. also. Like, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> I remember that shit when I played against you last, so I don't, I don't know what's going on. But, yeah. um, you know, but, but, you know, shit like that happens. It's this is what happens when we play. We drink um, <laughs> quite a bit, yeah. and then we forget certain rules to our armies that, you know, because if you think about it, there's a lot of shit to try and remember for each unit. I was, like, debating whether to make, like, pre-made cards with, like, Fucking what the unit is, and then if I'm running weapons, like what that weapon does with its special rules. 
So that way I can just be like, fuck yeah, this weapon's got this. Let's do this. But if I do that, they're constantly going to be changing thanks to FAQs and shit like that. You know, for me, you know, the most fun part about that, that battle was really like, I, you know, I've been playing fucking Warhammer for so long. You know, to, to try and teach someone, it looks so overwhelming, but like it looked like he was having, uh, JP was having a good time. Yeah, he said that uh, it was a lot. I don't know that he's going to be like confident enough to play at the event. Or, but he also has two four-year-old daughters, so whatever he could even go is another story. But um, I'm, I'm trying to convince him to borrow half of my Dark Angel Lunar Army um, for a thousand points at the event. But um, yes, Chris has a Lunar Army of three more than three thousand points. Yeah, yeah easily. Okay. Uh, Dark Angels, so, which. If, if he doesn't, then I know Tyler, if, if he can make it, he said he'd borrow the 3,000 points and stake the whole. You know, he played the shit out of 40k before it, you know, turned into what it's currently. So he knows, you know, the basics for for heresy very well. So. Yep. We should, uh, alright, so at this point, like, while well, we're still rambling about the epic battle, you know, we're, we're just going to interrupt this with, like, fucking announcements. Like, so, events that are coming up, um, close to us, and I mean, if any of you guys have a, an event you want to shout it out, you'll fucking just hit us up, um, through Facebook, the NJ30K group, there's also the Road to Damnation, which is also, uh, our event page slash, um, podcast, so the first event I want to, like, shout out will probably be Betrayer 4, which I'm pretty sure you're pulling up all the information. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, Looking for that right now. And Betrayer 4, I will definitely be there this time. It's at a more easier time for me. Um, my fucking, so the summer is pretty fucking rough for me for doing much shit. But uh, as the winter comes around, I pick off and I'm actually a little bit more freely. So Betrayer 4, um, so there's been Betrayer 1, Betrayer 2, Betrayer 3, and now we're on Betrayer 4 uh, down in PA. Um, if you haven't, check out that Facebook page. Just type in Betrayer 4. It should... Betrayer Part 4 is the best way of describing that. Fucking... So it pops up. Here we go. I think I just fucking found it. Nope. I'm like... Special here. I, I don't know what's going on. Alright, you talk. I'm gonna fucking find this while I'm like... I just uh, found a Betrayer 2. I mean... I'm gonna always pause it. I have no idea what the fuck I'm trying to do here. Alright. Alright, so we're back. We found it. Betrayer 4. With that fucking retarded. It took two of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Something wrong with me. Where's the fucking... Now I gotta pull up the... Uh... So Betrayer 4 is an event that's kind of grown down in PA. That's while you pull this shit up. Um... And it's run by a good friend of ours. Hopefully we'll have him on the show at some point. Well, he's one of the dudes running it, yeah. Shane, um, he's actually one of the organizers for our event. Um, the, uh, well, we'll get to that in a second. We should stick to the portrayal yeah. for. So you want to read the event info out? Or, you know, just... He's like an old man right now, staring at his phone like, Ah, oh, fuck, dude, how do these buttons work? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, where's the numbers? What is that? <laughs> I use shit myself. 
Um, so, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it feels good. It's warm. But So I just pulled up the player pack. So the day will consist of two games of 3,000 points. Um, the cap is on... There's a cap on Lord of War at 650 points. Um, and they added a 500-point sideboard that could be changed out. Um, oh, so you could also just do, like, 200 points if you want. But, you know, there's a total of 500 points on sideboards. Um, yeah, so... You know, they're also doing Zomotalis, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, every game will come down to victory points scored. Um, you have a choice of any force organization chart from books one through seven. That's pretty fucking... We didn't make that clear in our event, and we've had questions about it, which I can clarify, but, you know, fuck it. Um, army list will be collected this round, most accurate headcount of everyone participating. Um, so... All your lists can be emailed to, and this is really important if you're planning to fucking go and register. Your, all your lists can be emailed to hawcofpa at gmail.com, and that's for getting your army list approved. Now, everyone fucking says that heresy is like dicks or painting standards, and I see a painting standard here, but yeah. I don't fucking agree with it because, you know, we're all fucking adults, we play an expensive hobby, you know. You should have your shit like at least somewhat painted. Yeah, you yeah, know they they um. I went to the the second to last, the betrayer two event and they sold out at twenty two players. So there were eleven tables, and like every fucking army was fully painted and it was awesome. Like it was fucking awesome, man. It was really inspirational, you know, for me to come back and paint some shit. So what I like about this, so they do have a painting standard, and they have it tiered. So you get minus one victory point for a free colored scheme. That's not terrible. So like that's like a base paint, painting the uh, armor plates one color, and then fucking adding like a silver on the gun or some shit. That's free colors right there. Right. You get free victory points for a fully painted army. Right. But then they've added a twist. You get an additional one victory point for fully based. So, like, I myself have some units that I've fully painted, and fucking the bases aren't done, because I'm terrible at, like, basing them. Like, I can buy that fucking, like, texture paint from GW, and I'm like, ah, this will do. And it looks like shit. And I know it looks like shit. <laughs> I also like the this one restriction, though. Um, we didn't do this for our event, but I, I do like that they're doing this. Maybe next time we could talk about doing something like this, whereas no Mark 7 or newer armor uh, will be allowed at the event. So the maximum mark armor is Mark Six, which, you know, in, in Horus Heresy, in the game Horus Heresy, like, it's kind of like the historical accuracy, you know? Like, that matters to us. Like, I don't want to see, you know, Primaris Marines in 30K. That's just Primaris Marines didn't come out until 40K, you know, like 10,000 years later. So it's like, you know, just an example. Like, people, just are doing this. Yeah, people are doing this for historical accuracy. And, like, I think doing newer marks of armor is just lazy. Um, so that's me. I know that there's... I know I'm probably going to hear a little bit of shit for, for that for at least one person, but... Um, oh, yeah, they definitely won't put... No, so, the, you know, with the newer marks, like, I understand it's probably cheaper to fucking go out and buy... 
the new more common. Right? You think about it, you probably get that in plastic. Yeah, but you also get really cheap Mark Three armor um, from Prospero box that people piece that shit out on eBay. You know? True. But, um, so... And then you also have to take into account... Um, totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> so we're just talking about Oh, no. Primaris Marines are actually the fucking right size for a Marine. If you were... Like, that's yeah. the truth. They're, the Primaris Marines should be, like, fucking... Not, not to trail off too much, but I did listen to an interview on a podcast where this dude takes the um, current 40K Death Guard models because they're true scale Mark III. Yeah. And as long as you fill in all the bullshit chaos stuff that's going on with them with, like, their gut mouths opening up and all that and way over the, it's just for me it's a little too much but um you could totally like fill that in or like and like shave down some of the yep. stuff and use them as just awesome um mark three true scale models but uh, would that be much. would that be an acceptable i mean that'd be fucking sick that'd be awesome oh it's mark three armor it's yeah. correct Mark Armor, and they're all true well, scale. So technically, like, they wouldn't have anything further than Mark Three because they fucking gave themselves the Nuggle, like, way on in the heresy. Well, they're... I think some of their, um, like, higher-ranking guys had Mark Four. I don't know. I'm not a good... I'm not good with the fluff, but I do know Garrow had Mark Four when he got his leg chopped off, I'm pretty sure. And then when he became a, um... Knight Errant, he got Mark Six, like, custom Mark Six. Damn. But so I'm pretty sure that's how it went. You know, but then again, I'm kind of mentally uh, compromised. But um, that's what she's yeah. Getting back to this though, <laughs> no, they're no, also fucking. they're also restricting custodes as ally detachment, which and, is um, smart because fucking custodes would not be like they're, they're, they're fucking the emperor's god. So yeah. um. So to get to this event, it's uh, 20 bucks um, for registration. Uh, so, like I said, email your list to the other. And then all the money has to be sent to D Wartman, W-O-R-T-M-A-N, 84 at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, we'll post the link of Betrayer in our chat group, too, if you want to find it that way. Um, so that way, you know. You can all sign up for this event if you're close. If you're not close, drive by. I'm pretty sure there's a cheap hotel or a fucking campsite nearby. Oh, there's also something else I want to point out with this event that I think is awesome. If you go to multiples of this event, like, you know, if you've been to several betrayers, this is four. But, like, for example, if you went to, like, one, like the first one, and you had a non-named character, there's actually a progression system. So after that event, there's like some they do some kind of progression, um, and like that character gains experience points, and then like you fill out a piece of paper, then you give it to them, and then when you come back to the second event, you get the piece of paper back, and then you add to the experience points. So then by the time you get the betrayer four, you could have like you know a, a named character that's basically been leveling up and getting a little bit better with certain things, maybe gaining abilities. I don't know exactly how it worked out, but I do remember like seeing that stuff when I was there. And it was pretty cool. Um, I'd like for us to do something like that in the future. I think that'd be cool to think about. But for now, I, I think getting our event actually up and running is a fucking victory in and of itself. Yes. So, but, I don't know, is there anything else about this event that's really... Starts, Sign up is fucking... Begins at 12pm, ends at 7.30. Yeah, I think the store closes at 8. They open the doors at 11.30. 
I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it, I'm excited for it. Um, Are you going? I should have more. Like, I, I, I've been extremely busy recently. Signed up for the other one and ended up, like, fucking having to do something last minute. But, also in grad school. Yes. So. Yes, fucking grad school. Yeah. All right, so, you know, kind of, you know, wanted to make sure the events get shouted out here nice and early because... You know, this is how they, you know, you meet new people, new gaming people, and then, like, you can expand your network and, you know, hopefully expand the fucking heresy scene, because, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really fun fucking game. Um, I had a blast playing it last night. You know, I learned that club monsters can be used pretty effectively against certain armies, so, like, you know, I'm thinking about, like, world eaters, like, take a lot of troops, but they generally drop pods, um... Possibly the Death Guards. They have a lot of infantry that I should be able to bombard, so that would be a pretty cool opponent to try that on. Yeah. And I know the perfect person to try it with. Um, <laughs> you know, so that kind of, you know, you know, we talked about big, like, newbie game. We'll, we'll slice and dice in some, you yeah, know. You want to talk a little bit about our events again before Oh, we, yeah, yeah, so... So we so we have our event coming up, and you know, we we have thirty six uh, player slots available. We're hoping to sell the whole thing right the fuck out. I think we're coming up on there's a, probably approximately ten slots open. Uh, probably uh, it might be less. Uh, something like that, like ten ish. I don't know the exact number. So we we looked earlier today, but. You know, last night we were up at 2 a.m. gaming and drinking beer, so don't expect much from me. It's amazing I was able to fucking wipe my ass this morning without using my shirt. Um, yeah, we a lot of beers were flying, and we had a full fridge, and then some. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so our event is coming up October 6th. That is a Saturday. It's from, like, 11 to, like, 9, right? Um, yeah, I should pull up the... This, uh, is, this is how fucking... So we're, we're, it's actually in Mythicos in Randolph, New Jersey. Uh, it's pretty close to New York. It's not Randolph. It's like Asana. I don't fucking give a shit. It's the same place. If you <laughs> type that in the address, the same place you're going to end up in. Someone, so, someone will moan at me, and I know if he hears this, he will definitely moan. But I'm going to... I just pulled up the player pack because I had it handy in my telephone. Um, I kind of... You want to just go through the whole player pack and talk about... Talk about it from there. Yeah, I mean, let me. My dog. I think my dog just hit his head on the microphone. He's not got the ball anymore. <laughs> um. So. So basically, our event it's October sixth. It's an, at, at Mythicos Gaming. Now this place, this store is incredible. Um, they pretty much built their store with the intention of just hosting ass loads of war games. Like, just, you know, every day. Like, you've got... A, the what, best way to say this is, like... 18 tables at all times open. Like, any given day, you can walk in there and there's 18 tables to choose from, right? Yeah, so it's pretty weird. So, like, normally when you go to a gaming store, it's generally uh, magic-oriented. Yeah, also, a lot of gaming stores do, like, a, a single fold-out table, so you get less than a 4-foot-by-6-foot playing area. And these guys have all wooden, like... They built them themselves, four foot by six foot tables, with like a shelf platform underneath at the bottom of the table, where they have got extra stools. You can put your bags. There's extra terrain sometimes. It's really well done, so you don't get skimped out on like, you know. I, I feel like it always like 
kind of takes away from the experience when you have smaller tables at a game store or like yeah, it's kind of like Jerry Ray and like everyone's in the corner in the back of a hot sweaty game store you know what I mean fucking um, hanging out with a bunch of that nuts yeah well, they play with cards a bunch of smelly nerds <laughs> yeah I shouldn't bash them at Magic you know Magic's fun my wife and I play it but at the same time um, we don't each weigh 800 pounds and, and shit in our pants so. I'm just imagining like the common episode like on South Park where he's like Mom! Yeah. I'm such a pretentious dick. <laughs> I love magic. It's a great game. But oh, I, I like the, the stereotypes are real. Like this magic stere- magic player stereotypes are all fucking real. So so for me like uh, my fucking magic experience is slightly yeah, side telling. I like the apps on the iPad to fucking okay. you get the cards in it and you don't have to pay extra money. I don't even know yeah, you just play people online. That's that's how I play Magic. Like it's it's pretty fucking good that way. So well, go, going back to our event, so Mythico said they're very kindly letting us set up for the day. They're not letting us bring alcohol, which is a disappointment. But we understand for reasons uh, yeah. of uh, legality that they're not. I'll just drink in the bathroom, and then you guys, you know, I'll disappear, and you guys will open the door and find me laying like a gamer piss on the floor. I'll just I'll just take a quick trip outside every now and then yeah. but, um, <laughs> to my car. <laughs> yeah, um, sit in the driver's seat and drink. Wait till the cops drive by. <laughs> but um, so basically, we're allowing people to bring two. It's actually a lot looser than this. Actually, it says two lists in the player pack. Um, but you can basically, it's a one three thousand point list with a five hundred point sideboard, and then there's for every single three thousand point game, there's a uh, one thousand. There's two consecutive one thousand point Centurion or Zone Mortalis games. I think we're gonna have like eight tables set up with the ZM, or maybe no, like maybe Probably. five with ZM and then three with Centurion. Yeah. So uh, the reason we chose chose to do so, you know, you know, you don't have to bring three thousand points. And then have the ability to do a thousand. You could just have a thousand points, like, and you can come along and play for the day. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm, I like the big battles, but like, I'm also looking forward to some smaller battles with uh, restrictions on vehicles. And it means you got to be a little bit more tactical about how you play, mm-hmm. you know. But we're actively encouraging, like, you know, if you have something set to a free, free paint standards, um, and it's whatever you know, swing it by. I mean. But, you know, we understand you're all busy and shit, so, like, you know, if you try when, you know, no one's really going to be like... Yeah, like, if you show up with a thousand points, A, that's less than a calc box. So there's no reason why someone can't have at least three colors with base. Like, the basic miniature, it's really easy. You just get that, you know, you do a basic job. <laughs> Sounds like most of my army. <laughs> um, but, like, so, you know, it, this way, you know, we could have people that show up and if you show up with a thousand points, then you're gonna get four games in as opposed to two big games. Um, so the game blocks start at um, twelve. It's twelve. It's twelve yeah. to nine thirty. This store's open until like ten o'clock at night. Yeah. So it's game block. Uh, the first one's twelve p.m. to four p.m. Break from four p.m. to five thirty. So it's important to note it's an hour and a half break. So you could go out, have some drinks, eat some steak. Have enough time to digest your food, wake up a little bit, and then come back, and then the other game blocks five thirty to nine thirty. So, you know, so we we have that, you know, with ours, 
when we were deciding, you know, we wanted Primox to come, because that's like a lot of the reasons some people play Buddy Cage to use the Primox. When we've had a pretty good reception on it, like, people are pretty excited to bring them. I wonder how many Primarchs are going to be there. Uh, we have quite a few. It's all, almost all of the traitors right now, and none of the loyalists that have been taken. Aren't there only four loyalist legions? Players right now, yeah. It's mostly traders, so we're gonna have to be apparently. Like apparently, in our area, the, the traders seem to be like kicking the shit out of uh, loyalists. Yeah, there are a lot of trader players. Um, but um, you know, so we we have that going. So you know, Craig, who's who's not with us here today, you know, uh, he he suggested you know if you're gonna allow a primal, you should allow one lord of war, which we're allowing. We didn't put a restriction on it. Uh, you know, you can play as a so that way you have someone to fight the Primarchs. Because you gotta remember, these the Primarchs are pretty fucking beastly. It doesn't matter which one it is. Like, fucking they regenerate a wound back. Like, yeah, they're hardcore. And then, like, for instance, my 500 point sideboard is basically gonna be I'm bringing a, uh, a Knight Warden. But, and then, um, in case somebody can't really fight against a Knight if they don't have a Lord of War. I'm going to use my sideboard to swap out and basically replace it with a Spartan. It's a sensible. So, you, you know, we have people that are, oh, fuck me, I don't want to play a Lord of War. I don't want to play a Knight. Like, I've, I've even had some people, I like, reach out and be like, yo, can I bring a allied detachment of Knights? I'm like, nah, it's still the restriction of one. Like, straight out, like, it's still going to be a restriction of one. Like, we, you know, they, they do help speed the game up. Um, but they can be intimidating to some, especially those who want to play, like, true to, like, what that Legion is. So, the sideboard really is to be used so you can, like, be like, hey, fuck it, I have, a uh, Archeron, let me get rid of him and put in, like you said, another Spartan. Yeah. That way it's fair, and they can be like, alright, 3,000 points. That's just really on the 3,000 point, because, like, the 1,000 point level, you can't even bring in a little war anyway, so, you know, and this, you know, the 1,000 point, you know, for anyone that's just starting an army and you want to know if heresy's, like, kind of the shit, you're doing a 1,000 points just to, like, get your dick wet, I guess is the best way of saying it. Mm -hmm. It's probably, like, and, and, like, see if you like it from them, man. Oh, and also, what we're doing, the custodes, um, you can only have custodes as an ally for the event. Um, however, the Custodes are also 20% more expensive. So, like, basically for every 100 points of Custodes, it's actually 120 points. Um, and we did that on purpose because Custodes are overpowered. That's pretty much like a unanimous thought in the, in the whole community. So, if you're playing Custodes, you have to pay a little bit more for them. And don't mind my dog running up and down the stairs with a toy in his mouth. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but... Um, so I'm trying to think. That's and then, all the, so the you basics. go. Uh, if you're looking to come to the event, if you uh, send me a list seven days before, um, we, you won't be hit with a victory point penalty because I really don't want to be reading lists like on the day of the event. Yeah. Going, yeah, this is fucking okay, or now nah, this doesn't work. So you know, we gave a victory point bonus to it, which you know, you send it to NJ Buddy K Group at gmail.com. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll take a peek at it and kind of get back to you and tell you if it's okay. Most of the time it's okay, or if, uh, like I have like a legit quest. When, like someone wants to run a 
force organization chart that like requires an attacker and a defender in order to do it. So I was like, yo, if you can just tell me, like, are you going to make three lists? Are you going to do two? Generally, I'll just be like, yeah, if you're going to do that, that's fine. Um, and then we also have, uh, what the fuck? registration is $20. Uh, there's a link on the page itself, or it's octagonon or some shit. I forget which page they linked it to. It's in the top right-hand corner. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's, Octolink yeah, um, or something, something like that. It's all on the Facebook page. Um yeah, if you go to the, the Facebook, uh, what was it, Road to Damnation? Uh, the, page, just it's, search, yeah, Road to Damnation. It's the same page that we use for the podcast. We use It's also for events. So you go there, and there's a link where you can click on it, and then go pay if you go to like, PayPal. If you go to uh, announcements, it's uh, octogonon.com slash k. And in the top right-hand corner, there's uh, you click 30K, and you hit register. If you pay $50, you register for the wrong thing, and you should tell us immediately. Yeah. Uh, it should only cost you 20 and that's it. And the money yeah. is not going anywhere but into prizes to be given away at the event. And speaking of prizes, so um, none of the organizers for the this event are have any say in the, the prizes uh, with regards to, like, who gets best painted, for instance. So here's how the prizes work. Um, just by showing up to the event and staying the whole time, you are eligible to win a um, Betrayal at Calf box set or a Burning at Prospero box set. There's one of each that are up for raffle. So as long as you're not an organizer, you um you can potentially win one of them. Um, That's including us. We fucking can't win it. Yeah, no, we can't. Um, and then the store staff are the ones that draw the winners, and then the store staff are also the ones that um, decide, you know, best painted army, and then there's also a prize for fair play, um, on each faction, so, um, and then, uh, there's also, um, fair play, I should explain, you know, for fair play, we're basically talking about, like, you know, who is the best to play against, like, <laughs> Who was like, hey man, I noticed you missed this fucking, let's go back and do this. Like, because when we're playing with Heresy, it's like, you know, I play with Chris and I'm like, yo, you forgot to do this. Go back and do this. Yeah, like, sportsmanship. Yeah, best sportsmanship, basically. Like, no, like, we, we want people to have a fun time at the event. Yeah. And then, also, there's a 25% off all-store merchandise, excluding trading cards during the event. So... Fucking hero clicks, uh, bolt action. I was in there recently. Hero clicks, bolt action. You still play they hero fucking clicks? got battle tech in there. If you're getting into battle tech, there's some fucking battle battle tech shit. Alpha strike models like those boxes. We pay five dollars to be a, a, a well. You'll get twenty five percent off on the event. So I think those boxes end up being like five uh, eight bucks for a box of yeah. like four battle tech. So if you're looking to get into that, they got fucking um, Titanicus. I got my Reavers in there. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, you spend a hundred bucks, you get a, it's just spending a hundred bucks, you spend seventy-five. Yeah, and they so got a shit ton of paints too. Yeah. Vallejo, uh, DW. It's really a good day to stock up on shit. Yeah, man. If you need supplies, that's a that's a day to hit them up. Um, so then that that's really um it for our event. Remember, October sick. You know, get in there fast. The more people there, the better. I think for lunch there's a bar within walking distance, so we can all go to a bar and have a fucking pint. And it's basically across the highway. Yeah. 
which is pretty easy to get across. Um, so that would be it for uh, events that are coming up in the local East Coast area. If you're visiting the East Coast and you want to swing by, if his spare army is available, Chris will fucking have it there. So, if, you know, if you want to come in and play a game, um, quite quite possible the store might also have like some models lying around. And I can probably hijack a couple of armies from uh, people I know that are not going to be in the area. Yeah, and depending on what's borrowed of my Dark Angels, like if somebody contacts us, they don't have a fully painted army and they're like, you know, willing to, to treat the models well, um, I'd loan out, you know, I've got over 3,000 points, so, um, I, you know, no one's fully committed to borrowing them yet, so, and I, and I could easily split that into a couple of armies with people, so, but, um, so let's talk about, so last night, yeah, like, so you want to talk about the, um, Titanicus? Yeah, man, so, Segway. since this is Horus Heresy, and Titanicus falls under the Horus Heresy okay. area. I played my first game. Chris got his first game in. Um, so I've been running Help Run. You know, I'm, I'm one of the uh, guys in the area that brought the giant Grand, Grand Master Edition and fucking has been showing up at the the gaming store Mythicos and running some demos with people and seeing if they would be into it or, you know, that, you know if they like the gameplay. For me, I, I fucking love it. You just giant fucking warlords running around with giant guns, like shooting shit down. You know, yet to have a full uh, match where I can run my. I need one. I think I need one more warlords, and I have a full like grouping, which would be fucking sick. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So, so let's let's start like this. So, um, first impressions of the game, bro. I thought it was really cool. Like I liked how the warlords. Um, it seems like there's a lot of like. There's just been a lot put into them replicating the behavior that they have, like, in the novels with how they move around and stuff. And, like, I love that there's a, a random allocation die for, like, damage. For, like, you know, for example, this happened to each of us. It was really, like, kind of comical in a sense. Like, so two of our warlords are just, one of each just standing off from across the city. And, and we used um, drop zone commander terrain. And By the way, fucking perfectly. That fucking if you can find that box of building like cardstock building, it works fucking amazing. The buildings all come at different heights and like it works perfectly because like some the water can see over, some it couldn't. Like so, it really made you have to like move around the terrain, which was fucking awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, and they, yeah, I just love those. I'm so glad I got that. Actually, I got all of that 40% off at the last Betrayer game I went to. So, and, and then if you're talking, you know, in the sex dungeon, we have, like, the, the city build-up really happening. Fucking, it was, it was for, in terms of cardstock terrain, that fucking thing worked perfectly. Yeah. So, like, you know, there's two warlords fucking facing off between, you know, a narrow hall, like, um, like, city fucking whatever. Um, so anyway, they're facing off from across the, the city, and, um, like, I guess we shot each other in just the right way that each one of our warlord's knees, like, buckled in opposite directions, and it's funny how, like, you could really, like, basically shoot one of their legs out, and then this giant fucking titan just kind of veers to, like, the left or the right, and it can actually slam into a building, and it's just really fucking cool, um, just, I don't know, the, 
the feel of the game, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just doing what Lewis told me to do, pretty much. I, my comprehension level at that time, you know, we finished at 2 a.m. So We didn't happen to pick a very small battle to start off with. We both yeah. run two Warlord Titans and uh, three, knights. three Knights. So, you know, we had two Titans going on at the same time. So that was fucking challenging to try to... Because yeah. you have to, like... You got two mechanics going on, but it was, you know, it was pretty fucking hilarious. So, like, as Chris was saying, we were both staring each other down. We both fire, and we both end up fucking taking out the leg, and it has uh, staggering syndrome, where, like, on a roll of one to three, it staggers to the left, and pivots 45 degrees, 45 degrees to the left, and, uh, and then four to six, it does the opposite to the right. And, like, they ended up fucking, instead of turning each other turning away from each other and then this effect keeps going through each of the phases until you repair so when you know fucking the second phase we're turning even further away to the point where Chris had his back of his fucking um Titan World of Titan exposed and like I fucking shot at it gave it a melter reactor and then he fucking ended up blowing up on him yeah so, you know, it was pretty fucking epic to watch that happen. And then, like, uh, you know, we were both towards the end, like, pushing our reactors pretty heavy. It was, like, turn five. And we were, like, fucking, like, ah, let's just go into the orange. And, like, fucking, once you hit the red, it's a D10. And you're, like, ah, oh, shit. And then Chris just happened to roll him over 10 and fucking make it blow up. Yeah, and, like, it all, the issues with my Titan all started when I decided not to do a repair roll and then just went downhill from there. I was like, fuck repair rolls. And then towards the end, I was like, oh, wow, well, I'm going to blow up soon. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do a repair roll. Oh, I failed it. Great. Well, it's too late to catch up now. Yeah, and, and um, you're talking about, like, so you think a D10 is, like, a benefit for, like, when you're trying to make a command roll? It fucking isn't. I failed that roll so many fucking times. Yeah. Like, I needed a desperate repair on, like, turn four, and I could not fucking get it done. I was doing pretty well with the command rolls in the beginning. And I just use it to fire. First fire is pretty fucking handy. You know? I, I mean, it didn't do anything for me in the end, though. Ooh, yeah, you're talking about the battle when you, I think I just managed to get pretty lucky with, like, the fucking locations and, you know, tip, don't fucking let your reactor overheat. <laughs> it's just not a good time. Yeah, pro tip. The problem also with the Grandmaster says the Warlords came with two Battlecoaster cannons, so it kind of... Um, and that's draining, so it takes, you know, every time you fire, you gotta roll the reactor die, and fucking, you risk, like, you're tying overheating. That's a, there's a lot of game mechanics, but, it, you know, it's fairly simple and quick flowing now, once you kind of get used to it. I forget, do the knights, um, when you attack with the knights, they don't have to go through void shields for melee, right? No, if you're within a certain, I think, distance from the knight, I'd have to look at the rule book, but you, uh... You would ignore the ion shield, or you know, the void shield, and fucking just go. Sh and I think you can do specific targets. You'd be like, I'm gonna hit the fucking heads. Like this miniature nice, like ah, trying to like uppercut the fucking war warlords. Yeah. But it's, it's, uh, and then, you know, warlords are fucking blind to them if they're within the scale. So it's considered like 10 inches for the warlords. Um, if you're. Questoral Nightburn is like within 10 inches, the fucking warlord can't see it until you get within like two of its front or rear arc, and then you're in its uh, defense array zone. You know what I'm really excited to see is what how melee works with the larger knights. Like, I really want to assemble 
Well, I gotta paint these fuckers first, but maybe what I'll do is paint one Warlord to start, and then also paint the Reaver, and then have, like, a bunch of Knights, and just have a small force to begin with. Um, because, like, I want to see what it's going to be like for a Reaver to charge in and just, like, punch the shit out of a Warlord. Yeah, dude, nah, it would be interesting. Like, and also, think about when the Warlords get an upgrade sprue, and, like, you can put, like, a fucking melee fist on it. Like, I could, like, think about how much different that game would have been if I just ran in there and started, like, punching the shit out of one of your Warlords, you know? It would have been awesome. Yeah, man, it, it definitely would add a different mechanic to the game, for sure, because, like, you know, a Warlord only moves four inches or six if you push the reactor, so, you know, they're not the quickest moving model on the board, but... That's another thing, I kept pushing the reactor and moving six. <laughs> yeah, I, I put my void shields to four when I was, like, so, you know, the Apocalypse mo Missile Launcher, it's really only good for one thing, taking down void shields, it'd be, like, ten fucking dice. And like it, it pops void shells down pretty quickly. Um, anything strength free or less, it just uh, the fucking void shield ignore it. They're that powerful. But like for four, the apocalypse is strength four, and you get ten dice with it. So you really take out that fucking void shell pretty quickly. Uh, the problem is, is like, getting the repair roll off to get it back up and running. Because if you don't uh, do a repair and get that plus one, to get the void shield back up, you need a six, and you only have four servitors, so, during the repair phase, or the damage control phase, fucking, you've only got four dice, and you need a six out of that to get the void shield back up, so that's how important, like, when you're giving commands, like, the repair roll on it gives you plus one, so if you roll a four, you get a five, if you roll a five, you get a six, so it's much easier to bring that void shield back up, but like, if you don't do fucking repair roll and you choose to like split bar or move or charge or wow, I don't know what the benefit of shutdown is yet. I've yet to find that one out. Oh fucking clue. <laughs> Not a clue. Not a clue. No. All right, so you know, what did you think overall? Of like, do you think it's something that anyone could pick up or? Absolutely. I mean, especially if you have somebody there just telling them how to play initially. Like, I think I felt when we were playing that game how JP felt when Man. he was playing Heresy with us. Um, I fucking loved it. You know, I, I just, I thought it was awesome. I loved giant robots. And especially when, like, the fact that I had that terrain. Like, I didn't even, I bought it impulsively. I didn't even know Titanicus was really coming out. I forgot when I bought that <laughs> terrain. I was like, oh, I dropped some terrain. Of course I'll have time to play that. Yeah, right. Like, that'll bring up it. <laughs> but, um, I've got all this, like, it comes with, the set came with, like, what are, the, what are those, one foot by one foot tiles? Yeah, so it's nice. So if like, you street want to, tiles. For us, yeah. we were trying to keep it small, so we did a uh, three foot by three foot uh, setup. Mm -hmm. So we just have three of those tiles, three or three, three along free cool and then we set up a bunch of buildings to give ourselves cover and create some different dynamics to the game and it was fucking awesome yeah and and then you know between that and the, the fucking super cheap and easy to assemble cardstock buildings no gluing required they just pop together and just flatten them out to put them away and like it just and the fact that both of your warlords are painted are they fully done because i haven't awesome. based them um there's a I think I was listening to Eye of Horus, 
Um, they were talking about the guy who creates uh, base plates, so you can name your warlords. I want to put them on there, so it's like instead of putting like the so the game comes with these tokens one, so you can number your warlords so you know which card is which, because it's pretty easy to fuck them up during battle. Oh yeah, that's another thing I think I'd want to do is like build some lines into the base, so that way you've got. Like, it's almost like an X-Wing where there's lines etched into the bases that give you, like, the 45 degree or whatever the angle is for that game. But with the Titans, it's basically a 45 degree... It's almost like an X is on top of the base, yeah. right? And there's a forward arc, rear arc, left arc, right arc. I want to build something into it. Maybe when I put gravel down, I could put, like, some type of, like, thin Tamiya tape under it. Yeah. Put the gravel down and lift it up, like, as the glue's drying. And then I'll have, like... You know, that might work. Some yeah, I mean, the, that, and then uh, this company makes, like, fucking nameplates, so you can come up with, like, some funny fucking name, like Metal Dick, and, like, you can be like, oh, this is Metal Dick's fucking tile of information. Optimus Prime. What I do like about it, though, so instead of having, like, a fucking army list book or a fucking... You have these cards that have all the information about the Titan on it. I like that. It's just right there in front of you. No fucking looking around. They say, alright, this is what you need. So it's pretty fucking fun. Yeah. And just, again, like, the way they move around, it's really, it just makes sense. Like, you could tell when they designed the game that they really cared. You know, like, they really wanted to make it accurate. And you can and tell by the game mechanics that it's, it's fucking going to be the new epic. I hope so. You know, you could tell the again, and this brings us back to the, the recent behavior of Games Workshop and Forge World, which they really, Forge World just does what they're told with this kind of stuff, like with the business-related side of things. But, like, you can tell, like, the guys that, well, first of all, it's well-known for by a lot of people that the guys that designed and created Titanicus worked for Forge World. It's not mainline GW yeah. that does that. For, Titanicus was originally going to be all resin probably super, like, a lot more expensive than it was, you know, yeah. but, um, and then, I don't know, they ended up making it plastic, but, I'm not gonna um, complain, like, if, you know, I kinda went on, like, a hobby rant last time, that fucking, the Reaver isn't as built, isn't as nice of a sprue as the Warlord, you know, it's slightly smaller, like, the Warlord had fucking magnet slots already built into it, the Reaver doesn't really have that. I told my dog just like threw the pillow off of the little love seat down here. He didn't want the pillow off. He's like, like, fuck that. Anyway, but um, yeah, it's like it's another reason why there's like people are so torn in the in the Games Workshop end of the hobby scene because like some of these products are so fucking good, you know. But then Mainline GW makes these decisions that are just so bad. Um, so it sucks. Like I really hope Titanicus does really well um, with the finances for Games Workshop, and then they they expand upon it and do turn it into Epic. Because there's only a certain amount of Titans that have been in existence for so long. Like in Games Workshop, like there's the Titans were always you know there's always been like what the Warhound, Reaver, Warlord, and then the Imperator Titan. I know there's probably been a few like spinoff versions of certain things here or there, like. Um, but did you all remember this is set in the Horus Heresy? 
So, you know, the spin-offs, yeah, they might have come later. But this is set for our territory. Well, no, there was one that Craig was talking about that was... I thought it was set in the Horus Heresy, but I could be wrong. I think he called it a um, Castigator Titan that had AI, but there was only one ever. But I don't know where exactly in the plot that happened, but, like, you know, that's an example of one that, like, there's only one ever. Yeah, so, that there's not going to be a miniature for that, you know? No. But I don't know, I don't think there is anything else in the Horus Heresy. Do you, do you think it would be pretty cool if they put, like, a Mastodon in there? Oh, like, like the tank? Yeah, fucking... Fuck yeah, that'd be cool. Like, well, dude, I mean, once they, if this does turn into epic, all that stuff, they're gonna scale it down and probably just make it. And then you have, like, raptors and, like, fucking Thunderhawk gunships. Yeah. Hell yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, just the possibilities with this game could be pretty good for people, and... Supposedly, the reason why they killed Epic is because it was taking sales away from 40k originally. It was doing too well still. No, it's just doing it by itself. Yeah, honestly, man, I can see myself, like, this is such a cool, like, Epic scale game. I could see myself playing this, when it, especially if it turns into Epic. I can see myself playing it more than Heresy. Me too. Uh, less models, um, more strategic. Definitely, in the, in the gameplay. Well, once it becomes epic, then more models. Well, but, you know. On a smaller scale. This is where we need, like, a fucking sound yeah. tape with, like, uh, someone going, well, um, actually. You can probably yeah. find a good one. Um, I have this, I work with this one co-worker of mine, and fucking... You can derail him so easily by like saying something wrong on purpose, and you'll be like, "Is it? I'm actually just gonna fucking bug me. Let me let me just explain this to you." And like fucking goes on the rant for like an hour, and you're like, "Wow, that was pretty easy to do." <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. We had a boss like that when I worked at CompUSA back when CompUSA existed. Um, like if we didn't want to work, we just like ask him questions about football, and then he would just stand there and blatantly ignore customers. It was great. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to, is there anything else you want to talk about with this? Or do you want to take a break and uh, come back with either something else to talk about or a wrap-up? Uh, I mean, we can, uh, I think uh, getting your experience is kind of key. You know, obviously, we're gonna, you know, we, we're on the, I'm in the R and we should, like, include a fucking Titanicus demo setup on um, our event day. You know, me and Chris both have the Grandmaster box, so we could easily set up a couple of 1v1 games with, like, small amounts of points and have people fucking play that shit. The one thing that does bug me, though, and I will agree with you, got to find a fucking way to magnetize the cards with the pins that stick into oh, it. Oh, those things that lay on the... Yeah, like, that... Especially since the cards kind of warp from sitting in the box, I need to flatten them. But like, if like any time a even a fucking six sided die landed on it, those little markers would plastic markers would just bounce out. And like either what they should have done was make it so the little part that goes in the hole was thicker, so it like stays in, you know? Yeah, like it just rests there and it's loose, and it's just like, you know, it's my only complaint with the design. And they could have really easily fixed it. Um, longer pens. Yeah, by making the pens longer. But also, like, what I'm thinking is, 
getting, I don't know how well the rare earth magnets work with those, you know those, like, black magnets that are, like, kind of The magnetized bullets that you used to use for, like, fantasy on the trays The you know, you fucking put it underneath and you put a magnet on your thing and you just drop it on it and stay in play. Yeah, like, like, I wonder if rare earth mag magnets work well with that stuff. Because if so, then I would want to lay, like, a strip of that underneath and put, like, a small rare earth magnet just right on the tip of that little peg. And then it'll just fucking stay where it's supposed to stay. That'd be awesome. But and with regards to having demo games, I don't know if I'll know the game well enough in the next two weeks. Because we got about two weeks before the event. Which is crazy. I'm to finish my fucking night. But, um... Two weeks. He's got to finish the night. I got to base a couple of my uh, models to make them tabletop stand... Like, true tabletop painted standard. Um, so, yeah, you know... I'm. I don't. I know. I fucking won't get time to paint a crystal on my panels. You know, if anyone's good at painting, hit me up. Actually, no. I could just got a rune storm painting. <laughs> or is it rune storm storm painting? Storm. Rune, rune storm. You sure? Yeah. You sure? Is it rune storm or rune? No, you got it right. Oh fuck! Yeah, I got it right. <laughs> Chris is probably like fucking hating me right now. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I butchered it, he's probably laughing at that song. That motherfucker. Um, but, yeah, man, like, if I get my night done in the next week and I have a week left, what I want to do is get the metal coating down on all of my, my warlords, finish assembling the three other Questorius night miniatures, and then maybe just get the metal down, and if I could paint one warlord, oh, I also want the reaver, if I could paint one warlord and one reaver, just those two would be good for, like, because if we're going to demo games, they need to be really small games. Yeah, but it'd only be like, I would probably even just do one Warlord and fucking a one small Crestor or Night Banner. Or like a Warlord and then a Reaver and a Night Banner. That might be too much. Yeah? Yeah, I think just doing one Warlord and a fucking Crestor or Night Banner. So like how the Grandmaster box was meant to be played. But like, just fucking, I just realized this. So we do a hobby progress real quick. So I fucking uh, assembled and painted my Warlord Titans. Up to the point where I want them before I try and work out how I want to do the base. I was kind of hoping GW would come out with, like, you know how you can buy those bases that already have, like, a pattern into them? And I could, just, like, fucking just oil wash it and have it, like, look like it's a metal floor or some shit. Mm -hmm. But I'm holding off on that one. I don't know when that would happen. So I have mine built. Basically, it's super easy if you don't put any of the panels on it and you fucking just build it up. I painted, scraped mine black, and then I fucking dry brushed it, like a silver, and then put a wash over the top, just so the some areas are, like, darker than others. And then I put the plates all on, and I fucking, well, actually, I should say I painted all of the plates off the sprue, because that was the easiest way to do it. Because, uh, some of them you, you don't know, like, with the head, when it's in place, like, it's fucking a little bit more difficult. Um, and then, basically, I've painted up the um the pads and then now I think I've just got decals left to do. They look pretty fucking sick. I do want to put the decals on. I love your fucking warlords man. They look really good. It's it's like a... and like you don't have to go crazy with the detail because they're like they're so that scaled down that some of it is just like you know, fuck it. Like they look good if you just do it this but like you can get them really quickly painted. To a, a good tabletop standard. Yeah, basically what I'm going to do is 
Um, I'm gonna take like the airbrush with a darker color, or maybe even just xenothal, like do white on the armor plates. Maybe take a black airbrush and just go around the edges. That way, it's like a fade to like the edge of the plating. Yeah. And then go over with whatever color I'm gonna use. Um, but my guys, I'm doing Graphonica, so it's gonna be gray. But then like the top parts of the armor plates are like yellow, and I'll just make the yellow like I've been doing. Like I've got that down. I don't really need to think about it at this point. You know, you can paint yellow, white. I'd even say black. I'd say it's yellow is the hardest. Well, actually, white might be harder. White, yellow, then black. I don't know. It all depends on the person, I guess. And also, it depends on your attention to detail. But black, I know, is... It's funny, because it seems like so basic, but it's such an intimidating, like, to get it right. To get it right, I don't think, I don't even think you really use much actual black. It's just, like, washes and shit. And again, I don't know what I'm talking about, because I don't really paint black at all. So, um, yeah. But, um, so, I, I hope I get to paint at least one. Because then, for the event, we could do, you know... It's not just uh, Legio yeah. Modus on Legio Modus. <laughs> yeah. And, like, also, if for the event, if I could have just one painted, like, you know, I would want the demo tables to be really quick, because, you know... And also, I don't even know that I'm even going to be able to demo anything. I don't really know the rules well enough. So, I, it's, it's I, I, worth I, talking about. Like, if we did it, we might have one, at most, two tables. Probably, I, I really think it's most realistic to do one. Probably. You know, because, you know, it'll probably be me, like, explaining the games, and I definitely want to get one big game in for myself, and then probably smaller games, so that way I can help. And also, if it's an odd number of people that, that show, because I think we might be at an odd number right now, then, you know, one of us is going to sit out. I'd probably be the one to sit out just so I could walk around, and, like, when I have that thing right there, like I might have one of them just magically appear on a table. So, oh, don't give it a shit away. No. Yeah, no. Um, don't look at what I'm pointing at through the microphone, people. It's crazy, though, that thing. Yeah, so what happens if they're able to stare at you through the webcam on the computer? Fucking just find it. And I see you doing this. And fucking, it's like, yo, I saw it. Like, no, fuck that. I feel bad for any hacker that would break in and watch me through that because it's such a piece of shit webcam. It's it's also it says it does 720p, but it's like the shitty. It looks like it's like 240p when I use it. It's such shit. But are you just sitting there jacking off so they just watch me and you're just fucking. I mean, there's not down. much to see. You, you can't really zoom on those when you're at that low of a resolution. So, yeah. Uh, so then, I mean, this is probably a pretty. Fun, so this is not the norm of recording. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll, I'll probably splice in the beginning, like, a, just a message, like, this is just a casual bullshitting between us after an awesome hobby day. Um, yeah. You know, like, I don't really give a fuck about format right now. Like, all I'm gonna do, I'm not doing any fucking editing except for the very beginning when we're, like, testing, testing. Fucking you know. no Craigbot today, I don't know where Craigbot is. No, I'm, I'm still sad on the inside that he couldn't come. But yeah, I mean... It's probably building a rocket ship to go, like, find it, the real true meaning behind Eldar or something. <laughs> does he give a fuck about Eldar? I don't think he cares about Eldar, does he? No, I don't think... He, well, there's, um... I wonder what his Eldar knowledge is. Craigbot has a pretty good, uh... What's that race of, like, giant floating brains? 
I forget the book that it's referring from to. From D&D? No, it's like a, in the... There's a it's, race of aliens. In D&D, it's Krell. I know that because the, one of the Iophorus guys, I think it was Tim, like, split off and, like, made a D&D podcast, like, on the side. But they spent an entire episode talking about a single monster. It's fucking ridiculous. It's awesome. I listened to an entire episode about just talking about Krell. It's like a giant brain with a beak with tentacles. I could probably do that on, like, fucking, probably the Marvel universe. I could probably do that. Really? Yeah. Swinging again into Heroclix. I'm sidebarring this one for it, but I don't know. Looks pretty fucking interesting. Yeah, I don't know a goddamn thing about it. I used to really want to be into horror clicks. Oh. Also, also, you're looking at a game that's potentially coming out soon about a horror house that's very similar to a game I played about a haunted house, um, where it's more of like you have a character that moves and discovers rooms and like creates different scenarios. Sounds cool. No, your game. Oh, that one? That's Deep Madness. Yeah. Where you're in a submarine, they say that that one's set in? No, it's like... Underwater, it's almost like the movie Abyss, where it's like there's like a structure built in the bottom of the sea. Except this is like Lovecrafting, where like almost like if you've heard of the game Bioshock on, on uh, yeah, I love Bioshock. Like, line. So like basically, With the little girl that's like you can yeah the yeah the creepy fucking whatever they are. But except this, it's not like that kind of. It, it's just like a, an under the sea structure that's like kind of like large like it is in Bioshock, but none of none of the other like story in Bioshock is relevant to the comparison. But it's like that, but Lovecraftian where like they discover some kind of weird fucking like thing that summons these like zombie Lovecraftian like deep space looking creatures. And it's creepy as fuck. So like the Event Horizon when they fucking rip their eyes out and go crazy. Never saw that. Do you, you see it? You, you seem like you're going to be speechless for a second. Yeah, I am. Fucking Event Horizon is like one of my favorite movies. Text okay. message it to me. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. Maybe it's on the Netflix right now. I'll sit down and eat ice cream and watch Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Fucking Lawrence Fishbone. I don't even know who that is. Morpheus from the Matrix. That, oh. Cool. I think I might have butchered his name. It's, but it's like something like that. Dude, if I find out we were living in a Matrix, like... Fuck that. I'd be so pissed. Because I've spent so much of my life building up to, like, owning a house and, you know, having a, a cool game room with way too much shit in here. Like, setting up the tables to play a game last night was, like, it, it's a chore. Because I have to rearrange so much shit in here. Yeah, we should point out the Sex Dungeon is full of fucking video games. i got, like, a thousand Arcade games. games board games, like, you, you name it, Chris is probably, we, maybe we should have a segment on the show, which is, like, does Chris have, and, like, people can name, like, random <laughs> fucking consoles or games, and we'll see if they, you can be like, yeah, I have that, and I've got this, this, and this for it, like, I brought this back from this. Dude, I even got a, a complete box Famicom, with Famicom Disk System complete box. I'm telling you, this could be a segment, we'll just be like, what does Chris not have? If you couldn't get it, you win, like, a free fucking prize from Chris. My favorite recent it's, edition... It's got, it's got enough in here we could do a giveaway. <laughs> I think my favorite more recent edition are the, the Gremlin 
Oh, dude, the gremlin models are fucking hilarious. I love the spider gremlin. It's my favorite. I want to get, like, a couple more and just, like, place them throughout the house. Yo, have you put one right next to your wife? She goes to bed and you just fucking drop it right next to her head. When she wakes up well, in the morning, she's like, what the fuck well, is that? Did you see the sculpture that's upstairs? You probably can't see because there's, like, baby shit stacked in front of it. But under the TV, there's a sculpture um, of a... It looks like an eyeball with, like the eyeball, like, vein behind it that turned into, like, a body, and it's holding a giant nail. So, it's basically, like, a sculpture that looks like an eyeball. Like, I took a white marble, and I painted an eye on it and everything, and it's about seven, eight inches tall, and it's just, like, an eyeball with tons of veins, muscly, wet, like, bloody veins, and it's standing up, and it's holding a giant nail as, like, a weapon, and I made that for my wife as, like, a gift. And then, like, I finished it at, like, fucking 4 a.m. one day. So it was, like, done. We're like, nice. So I took it, and <laughs> no, we, were living, we were living at my parents' house, because we were saving for this yeah. house. And um, when I don't know if I was going to get this house, but we were saving for a house. And uh, so I set it up with, like, the little spotlight that I have in there um, in the in the bathroom because I knew she was going to take a midnight piss at some point because you know, she always does. So I set it up in the bathroom with a little spotlight on it so she'd walk in there and see this little eyeball creature that's all bloody and like veiny holding a nail as a weapon just staring up at her so when you walk in that's what you see. Yeah. <laughs> so I would fuck these gremlins I would fuck like I'd put them in places like the, when she goes to bed just put them and be like wait for there to wake up and be like, what the fuck? Dude, some of the, the real, um, like, movie prop gremlins, um, from, like, the movies are, go for, like, 200,000 or, like, at least 20,000 like, I was watching Damn. the show. I wish I had, like, a real, like, a life-size one. That'd be so fucking cool. It doesn't even have to be special. I could, I'd prefer the spider gremlin. He's my favorite, but, like, just the regular gremlin holding the Tommy gun. But I, I show you not if you were to fucking take a look around his sex dungeon, there's probably a game you, if you can think of a game, I'm pretty sure Chris has it somewhere. Yeah, I've got... This could give it away, because maybe someone might write in with like a fucking weird thing, and like... Yeah, then I'm gonna be like, oh, I don't have that, and then it's gonna like spoil the fun for everyone. It's all your fault. It's all my fault. Yeah. One thing I do want to point out that I have that I fucking love and we're going to use it, especially if you do follow through with playing Warhammer Fantasy with Chris and I. Um, that's a Warhammer Old World map on the wall framed right there. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so we're, uh, as you can tell, we did plan a uh, one-year hobby challenge, right? Yeah. It might be longer than one year because like, all three of us are all kind of doing our own thing right now. We had two or three months to go, and I haven't started a fucking miniature fantasy. <laughs> this is how bad, but yeah, so we set ourselves a hobby challenge, and like, we're all fucking, I think Chris is probably the only one that's like really got, got on and fucking got some of it done, but, you know. Yeah, he's got a whole, at least one whole unit of like, knights on horses or some shit. He's doing, um, the Empire. Yeah, no, you're like, that's fucking. Are they, are they Brent Empire or Brentonians? I forget. Empire. Okay. I'm doing uh, Tomb Kings. And well, I, I'm going to do Chaos Dwarfs, but I really want to do Beastmen. I have a shit ton of Beastmen. I don't need to buy anything. I've got I've got so many fucking Beastmen, dude. I've got at least 
going at it. I've got, like, so on the other side of that wall, I've got a stack list hall of in-box, like, Beastman stuff, and then I've just got other boxes. But I've got at least 60 Beastmen on that shelf right there I wanted to paint. I love them. If I could figure out a way to ally the Beastmen with the Chaos Dwarves, and just use the Beastmen as the fodder, you know, like a bunch of fucking gores running forward. And this then, isn't, for anyone listening, this is not Age of Sigma. We are not playing Age of Sigma. I know, we're talking about fantasy. I don't know. I don't, I probably seem like one of those, like, dudes that just doesn't want to move on in life. But, like, for me, Age of Sigma just, it, I just don't like the aesthetic as much. I just don't. Some of the, a lot of the miniatures are awesome. But it's like, I don't know, man, like, just old Warhammer Fantasy, like, whenever I get really excited for wargaming, like, that's what did it for me in the beginning. Like, that's what got me into this hobby. That's what got you up in there? Yeah. Alright, alright, that just sounds like, Looking you know, at goat-headed men. Just fucking like, oh man, that fucking goat-headed uh, oh, look at that, oh, look at the horns. Yeah, bring a blacklight to my bedroom at my parents' house, and you're totally, you'll get blinded. <laughs> you know? For me, you know, like, there's actually the silhouette of Beastman made out of, like, just, like, adolescent man because I just aim for them, and then it spatter right past. You know what I mean? Nah, so... Fucking... Totally lost my train of thought. Yeah, I know, I just totally swallowed your fucking soul. Maybe. But in terms of, like, fucking... You know, we're excited to play this, you know, to set yourself a challenge, try and stick to it. Well, obviously, you know, we're all adults, so fucking way harder to stick to it than when you're a kid and you're like, oh, I fucking got a year. I can do this shit in a week. Yeah. It's like, yeah, try doing that when you're an adult. Um, yeah, so in the matter of time, since... So the, the hobby challenge was a fully painted fantasy Warhammer Fantasy Army by the time Chris got back from deployment. He's due back in... One a couple month? months. <laughs> couple? It's like 60-something days. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, so... so yeah, cause I, yeah, so, and in that amount of time, I got my wife pregnant, she delivered a baby, and, you know, I just, that on top of life, I paint, and I, you know, I managed to paint some stuff for my, um, heresy, but, you know, it's just, like, painting my fucking Spartan recently, like, you know, I started it before the baby was born, three months ago. And I literally, it took me over two months to be able to sit down and start painting again because, you know, it's yeah. light. Uh, also, my top tip for people, if you take an online class, fucking do the work at some point. Yeah. Just because you don't have to go to class. And generally, there's a way more fucking work in an online class than an actual regular class. Yeah, well, they're compensating because they're like... Yeah, you're not fucking here. It's like, blah, blah, blah. We're like, dude, fucking schools need to realize this is the 21st century. And fucking everyone has a job and is doesn't go to school, just go to school anymore. They fucking have to work. Fuck academia. We're gonna, you know, build a wall. I forget where the new wall was meant to be. It was like from uh, somewhere in Africa. The Trump wall. Yeah, well, the Trump recommended a wall to Africa. Oh, somewhere. he did. Yeah, somewhere. What are you talking? Like what? It, it, it was like in the, in the newspaper. He recommended it's like. I think it was, like, anything below, like... Man, he needs to just stop talking. <laughs> and, like, everyone was like, fucking the wall doesn't work. Like, I don't know. I think it'd be hilarious if he continued to just behave like himself, because he will. Like, why wouldn't he? Any anyone in another election. It'd just be, like, just funny. I wonder what the rest of the world thinks of us. Anyway. 
there was well, a party when George Bush left office, so let's just to let you know. I mean, there's a party when I think anyone leaves office. No matter who becomes president, you're going to have the polls that are never right, in my opinion, are always going to have, like, a poor approval rating. Polls don't mean shit. But anyway. Yeah, it's like, oh. Uh, we trailed off, but then, then again, it's it's totally the, this, this, this isn't, like, a typical podcast. It's just us bullshitting. You know, I think I'm going to put a disclaimer in the beginning that says, like, this is not a regular podcast. We talk about heresy for the bulk of it, but, like, you know, don't expect this to be the standard for the rest of the episodes. But like, when we get together and we're able to record, it will probably be a lot of bullshit because that's just generally what we do. Yeah. We we game because we have like so much that you know heresies both kind of brought us all together. And like, we know Chris has Titanicus, so when he gets back, we can play Titanicus with Chris. He brought the same box set, so that'll be fucking awesome. I think he also bought a Reaver. So, yeah, we all have enough to fill up some pretty good armies. His uh, Sons of Horus army and his Dark Angel army, if you ever get to see it, is gorgeous. And once again, his painting service, can't give him enough shout-out because he, re- he really fucking goes beyond on some of his models. You know, circling back to talking about heresy, I noticed for the second episode, we forgot to talk about the one topic that was mentioned at the opening, which was spamming units. I can just talk about that briefly. It doesn't have to be... We did cover it a little bit. Not really. Not like to the, so like fucking veteran spamming. Like, I personally like spamming units, but like I do it in a sense where it's just like... That's how I learned how to play the game. Like I, I built my army so it's like... You know, for instance, the breach units are de- identical. You know, and like if I do like fucking tack units, multiple tack units, identical. You know, it's just easier to learn the game. And like, there's not a lot of versatility in my army, but at the same time, it's just it's easier to remember. And my games, as a result, like are a lot faster than they used to be. Yeah, because it's like if you fucking having to learn new roles or new units. Like, it just goes back to, like, I want to make, like, fucking cards that I can... Almost like Titanicus, like, how they have the rules just fucking right next to them. Like, I almost won that for, like, my, my units. Because I run my... way my um So, the way I'm running my Salamanders is I have uh, two sets of fire drakes. Uh, one's in a Spartan, which will have, you know, my Praetor Slasher, if I want to use a character. Chaplain right hand. Um, and then it will have Parms Medicaid in there with them. Then the other one I'll just run by themselves. And then, uh, I have two squads of tacticals, which I put in Rhinos. And, uh, there's a Sakaran with last Cannons. So right there I've got like eight, ten last Cannons. Sorry, twelve. Well, it's technically two, four... Five, six, yeah, so six last cannons, but two of them have re-rolls if, if they miss. And then, you know, I have my Contemptor that I run in there, which still I have not found point value for yet. You know, and then I have some different units I can switch out, like for a Predator, or, you know, I could run another Land Raider with more Fire Drakes, because I have so many of them. The one unit I was kind of disappointed about is uh, Pyroclast. We were talking about like a wasted unit. I could not, like I tried running them because they look fucking badass. But I can't find a use for them. What are they, just uh, flamethrower marines? 
they're, they're like uh, souped up flamethrowers for salamanders that have like a 12 inch range. So like fucking, if you're not close to anyone, they just die and they're not interminated. So what, you, what template do you use for that? Uh, they have the flamer template or they can have a strength. It's like strength, it's like a one shot. So it just shoots like a little ball? Yeah. A little fireball? Yeah, so it's like, they flip. look really cool, but like, they're not in Terminator armor, so they die really quickly. I think if that was like a change to them, it would be giving them better armor. Like for their cost? Yeah. Or, or do you think if they just lowered, lowered the cost? Nah, because they're pretty much useless. <laughs> You're like laughing, it's like, or they could join like a squad, it's like an added one that could be upgraded to a pirate class. I think that would make them a little bit more better, like more of a useful unit. But like, fucking, they're useless. What if they all had like artificer armor? Uh, I think they do. Really? So it's a two up save? I'd have to check the rolls, but I'm pretty sure they do. Gosh. But yeah, so this, is, this isn't a typical episode. This is just bullshitting after it and you know, recapping like what the fuck has happened. What's our recording time so far? Hour and five, four minutes. Oh, that's it? Uh. Not bad. I think that might be just this section of it, this dive recording. It might all include from when we paused it for finding shit. Um, yeah, this is, we don't even know how long we're using. So, this is the first time we're using uh, the mic that, you know, obviously our audio is not going to be as good as us wearing a headset, but it fucking is working out. This is a mic that I've stolen from someone. <laughs> And it's it's fucking it's working perfectly for the podcast. Um, yeah, for when we're in one location, hopefully next time Craigbot shows up and you know he can talk about his experience and you know what he fucking missed from this event. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about here? We can close out on like a weird fucking story. I gotta think of one. I have like a, a retail fucking nightmare story. Do it. Alright, so I was working at um, Dick's, Sporting, Dick's Sporting Goods. I can't say that on the point. Yeah, I was working at so Dick's Sporting Goods in fucking massive location. I was uh, the footwear lead. And like, it's fucking late at night on a Saturday evening. And uh, I get this message like, oh, can someone come to the girls' bathroom? And like, I was like, ah, oh, man, I, I don't I'm fucking dealing with that. Like, so, I, like, slowly walk up there, and, like, the fucking, um, the associate that was working at the time, she, like, she's, like, she's, like, um, yeah, can you go in there and just take a look? And at this point, like, the fucking cleaning crew was all gone, and, like, basically this, uh, this girl had, like, shat herself, but, like, to the point where it was smeared across the whole entire back wall. Like, she just fucking sat down and sprayed, like, fucking all the way out. Yeah, I was like, shot out the back of the toilet, like, dude, back and Fucking, like, disgusting ass shit just, like, sprayed all over the place. Like, this place, like, this, for some reason, those bathrooms always got fucking re- wrecked from, like, people. Like, there's fucking one time this guy took a shit the size of my forearm, like, fucking, like, in the toilet. He had to have someone with, like, a big knife, like, start breaking it up so it just flushed down the toilet. But this, this fucking took the shit all over the wall. I was like, the only way I'm fucking going in there is with a hazmat suit. Like that shit was, and it smelled like fucking horrendous. That reminds me of a story I heard recently from someone that works at Starbucks. 
where somebody went into their bathroom, and this is in a really rich area, they went into the bathroom, and they must have bent over and spatter shat diarrhea all over the wall, except they did it on all four walls, intentionally, <laughs> to the point that they had to call in a professional cleaning company. Because, like, the, like they, I was told it was literally, like, anything that was on the walls, it was just every square inch. It got, like, dripped behind everything. So, oh, like, things man. are going to be taken off the walls. And, like, like it's like somebody literally probably drank, like, a bottle of X-Lax and then just got the cork out, you know, that kerplunk, right before the explosion. <laughs> and then just... The one that was holding it all there? Yeah, yeah just, like a barren hibernation. <laughs> and then they just bent over and just... Shit, like spatter shit on all four walls, and then I guess swung the door open and left. Dude, you gotta have some balls to walk out of that bathroom, especially <laughs> if like no one's like not walking in afterwards. And it's like, yo, fucking this guy just—it's fucking ballsy. Yeah, good for them. All right, so this is us at. Uh, I hope you like this kind of off cut. This will happen like occasionally when we all get together. Yeah. Uh, for the event, I'm trying to, we're going to be taking this mic and I'll probably take some sort of laptop so we can actually record the people to come if they want to be on air and I like, talk about the experience and fucking the matches that they played on. Might be a pretty cool segment into fucking one of the later episodes. You know, and uh, yo, thanks for listening. Peace.